can understand not wanting. You know, to I think their much. prices went down. Honestly, like oh yeah, I haven't been in like a couple of years. Two sixty six an ounce for for like hey, hey. expensive stuff. Hey hey, oh uh, that's not bad. No, it wasn't. I, mean, I remember not it being over cheap, four for some stuff yeah. before, well, and it was not anymore. My question is why they don't grab bread from Shats. Probably cheaper to buy it from wherever. I mean they. They make the money at the sandwich counter, you know? There we go. I definitely bought some some bacon. I always end up buying, like, a pound of beef jerky from them, and it being, like, $80, and then being like, but it's so good. That place <laughs> is the that place is the best. You might have some headed to you tomorrow. Ooh. I'm not gonna, not gonna be sad about that. And maybe a bread snack. Hello, it's episode 192 of We Were Gamers, a podcast about, well, it's about games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, in this instance, it will be about games. <laughs> Hold on, though. Let me derail us first. Yes, excellent. Right off the bat. Love it. I am going to say something that is very controversial in my household. I like the snow. That's controversial? Well, it's kind of cold, and it requires a lot of clothing. Some people in my house don't like it when it's cold, etc. I mean, I also don't like it when it's cold, but I love skiing. Okay, I just returned from doing some snowboarding in the snow. It was wonderful. Nice. That is all. That's it. That's the whole story. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's it. That's sweet. I have a I have a legitimate follow up to this based on we were gamers. Uh it was quite cold one evening as the temperatures began to drop and it snowed overnight. And um going for a walk outside was out of the question due to A the cold and B also the large amount of coyotes near our condo. Yeah, it turns out uh some of those places uh, I I know where it is that you went and uh they're in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> like, the woods are around them, not like, you know. Yes. Uh, in the Inyo National Forest, there are a lot of chaos, it turns out. <laughs> so, a uh, follow-up to this podcast. Disney Plus, you guys, must be listening to us because they have now added a resume feature as well as a continue watching feature. And they show you a progress bar on things you leave off in the middle. Yeah, they've been they've been slowly rolling out features that probably should have been there at launch without actually saying anything about it and hoping no one notices. I was just going to say, they're hoping that no one notices that they basically left you with a garbage service for like two months at the beginning there. You know, all is forgiven. Right? Uh, Andrew, I don't mean to scare you, but I have friends uh, who have cabins up in the area that you were staying, and uh, one of their cabins was broken into by bears twice i cannot confirm but likely likely we heard a bear while i was walking the dog highly likely you heard one yeah Yeah. i was not i wasn't sticking around to figure out if it was a bear or a car stay on the roads Uh, and just walk straight (laughs) right back into the condo (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Good call. It's yeah. All the all the dumpsters and everything are are bare sealed and stuff and, like that. So. Yeah. That stuff isn't for fun up there. <laughs> so no. People do it. Yeah. Use them. You know, you just don't get that feeling during the daytime, especially in like resort towns that you know, they do the, their best to make sure that everything is interwoven, interconnected. Like, you feel like you town, haven't lost town, any kind of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. I know. But, like, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that you are in nature when you go to these ski places, even though you may be staying in town or you may not. You may be staying up in the woods like we were. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it turns out that the town part of town is actually very small. It does not take very far for you to go <laughs> to not be in the town anymore. <laughs> yep. Definitely saw some people uh, slide on the ice. Hey, if it's cold and wet, put your chains on. Or, like, you better have four-wheel drive and good tires. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The four-wheel drive doesn't help if your tires are bald. <laughs> That's true. Good point. Yeah. You know, I was struck by something. Uh, we're going to get a little... We we used to do more of this on this podcast. I blame you, Michael. What? <laughs> Is this going to be no. some homeowner's minute? No, it's not a homeowner's minute. I don't blame uh, Michael. I was just kidding. Uh, a car. This is the car minute. Ah. Oh, well, I can... I can oh, uh, Yeah. You. This is directly related to you, actually, Michael. Okay, okay go Directly for it. related. So around here, I live in Orange County, California, as well as Michael and JJ. You live nearby in San Diego County. People that buy trucks like to make statements when they buy trucks. And boy, are those trucks a lot of Chevys and Fords. And I'm not making a comment about the quality of those vehicles directly. The Ford F-150, best-selling car, truck thing in, in America. In the world. <laughs> uh, I own some Fords. I'm, I'm just saying. That's fine. It's okay to own a Ford. Let me tell you, up there in the mountains, when it really matters, and you gotta know if you're gonna make it back down, there were a lot of Toyota Tacomas and a lot of Toyota Tundras, you guys. <laughs> Nary a Ford in sight. It it turns out that uh, offering four-wheel drive is a big deal. (laughs) And I believe a lot of the Toyota models come with it standard. Oh, yeah. Like the, um, what is their... It's like four or whatever they call it. But it's like you have like two-wheel. Yeah. uh, And then you have four-wheel low or whatever. Well, they also have the, um, the Highlander and the other one, the Path. No, that's the Nissan. There's another one. They have a, a standard SUV that a lot of people don't make anymore. You know, they don't. Everybody's a crossover, which is what we have, which is a fine car. Um, but yeah, that's standard on that too. I think. Yeah, I just so, uh, it was. A I know that I know that preference also because I know a lot of people who go to the mountains a bunch, and a lot of them have Toyota trucks. Did I, it's a it's a thing, right? Like you notice. Uh, trends your eyes eventually start to catch on to things like that and while i'm sure that the numbers may not entirely bear it out and we know that fords sell better than than toyotas in terms of the truck market it was a stark and noticeable thing eventually as i started to walk because our condo was so close i had to walk through the parking lot every day to get from the lodge to the condo and it was literally just like toyota 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 
Anyway, that was your beginning of the car minute because I know that something related in the Toyota family vehicle <laughs> is going to get mentioned next. Yes, yeah, so we uh, we took Andy knows this JJ, but we took a little time yesterday and went and test drove some cars. Oh, fun! Yeah, so my wife's in the in the market for a new car. Uh, she has an O three Corolla that is still running. Um, so you as know, you do. Say what you want about reliability. Yeah. Power, yeah. Um, so we were I trying really to feel uh, like that car is the epitome of what the the character of like R two D two is, right? That car is like old, reliable, the droid that's always been there, and will probably be there long after the main players are gone. <laughs> I was going to say, if you want a car that's as old as R2-D2 and still that reliable, I would say it's the, like, Honda CRX, that tiny little two-seat one. <laughs> yeah. from the, They only made them in the 70s, and all of them are still on the road. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. They couldn't sell anymore because they never stopped. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Continue, Michael. Uh, yeah, so we were we were trying to narrow it down um, to decide exactly what she wanted. Um, kind of had a good idea going into it. Um, but we were looking at the uh, regular Corolla, uh, the Corolla hatchback. And then this year, for the first time in the U.S., they've started marketing the Corolla hybrid. Okay. Huh. So like a, hy- so like a been- half electric or whatever. Hold on. Yeah. Is the CRX the Del Sol? I don't know what the Del Sol is, so I don't think so. Okay. Maybe I'm remembering the wrong car. Sorry, back on back on to hybrids. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, so the hybrid is uh, has been running around Europe for several years now, um, but they just brought it over to the U.S. So it's new to the states, but it doesn't have all of the issues that a new new model car would have because they yeah. work the bugs out. Yeah, don't do a new new model car. Yeah, no. I can tell you from experience. Not not the way to go. <laughs> yeah, it's well. Yeah, <laughs> you Let him work it out, JJ. Let him work it out, JJ. How's that first generation Model One coming? Uh it's the like tenth generation, right? But it was the first one with this motor. Yeah. So yeah, Ooh, same yeah. same problem. This wasn't the this wasn't the first year of this motor though. It was in other cars and it had these same problems. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, that's not a good look. I thought it was the first year of that motor. Okay, no. Sorry. How did it ride, man? It was good. It was a, a real smooth ride. It's got uh, the so it's a Corolla. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we we ruled out the hatchback because um, the, the trunk space on it is pretty tiny. Wait, what? Um, that's not the way that's supposed to work. Yeah, I know, and yet it was. Um, I, hmm. I thought so. Okay, do they do the thing where they're like? It's a hatchback, but it has this, like, nice sloping roof line, so you don't actually really gain that much. Yeah, kind of. And it also has the um, the view screen so that people can't look down into your trunk, which kind of cuts the he- some of the height that you have as well. You can't get rid of that thing? Uh, I think you can. I think Usually you can, you can take them off. Yeah, yeah. They're usually removable. That's surprising to still, me, because if our, if our leaf out. wasn't a hatchback, I would not own it. Mm-hmm. That's weird. It's a popular thing to do with uh, sedan-type cars now. They add uh, 
hatchback, but it's like this really sloped hatchback, so it doesn't look like the squared off back that people associate with a hatchback. Yeah. And then they're like, they say, see, look, it's a hatchback. It, it opens up like a hatchback, except that you've only gained like four cubic feet of <laughs> trunk or- space and less actually because you put the cargo cover over it and then it's even worse. Or in this yeah. case, it sounds like they lost space. Somehow. Yeah, compared compared to the the standard Corolla, it's definitely less space. Huh? Man, weird. Well, you'll have another twenty year car. Yeah, <laughs> that's exciting. Car shopping's fun. Yeah, so we had a good time. Um, you know, there's a there's a Toyota dealership that we can walk to, so we just strolled over there and and browsed through some of the cars and the the guys that helped us were were nice without being like super pushy about it, which is, you know, always the concern when you're dealing with car dealerships is how, how aggressive are they going to be? I, I don't know. I've been on a few lots recently unrelated to car shopping, but it seems like the pushiness thing has, has gone by the wayside. And now they just stand there on their phones. <laughs> oh, I was about <laughs> it to was completely disagree with that. you. <laughs> Uh, certainly there's that but there is definitely so the thing you is, have also is that, recently gone shopping for a car yes and how uh, was we that te- we test drove many many cars uh of various different well suvs to be clear but uh different brands in general it was as you described but there definitely are still places where you got people who they're not giving you the hard sell but they're giving you a pretty good like sales pitchy like hey do you want to try this one we gotta do one of these we can give you this kind of deal hey hey hey, hey. and you're just like we're not buying this today (laughs) (laughs) we're not buying anything today and then they're like oh you just got to be like really firm up front and just be like look i'm here to look there will be no purchasing of anything regardless of what kind of deal quote unquote you can do for me today unless because you could do the same deal tomorrow or whatever (laughs) Yeah, there's those, you know, weekends where you can get better financing and stuff. So I guess if you already know and you're just confirming, then you could go for it. But in general, it's probably better to not and, buy right and, then and anyway. You, uh, My philosophy is you should always be willing to walk away, right? Somewhere Absolutely. else will also have the same car <laughs> and you could buy it from them uh, if these people don't, you know, treat you well. So, yep. This has been your car minute. Yeah. Lovely we're gamers. We like cars. <laughs> it's something we used to talk about more. It's just, you know, Top Top Gear slash the Grand Tour has sort of dissipated in its I mean, we, we all years. watched. Did you watch that one about them on boats? Yeah. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. But it's not really cars, so. No. In fact, <laughs> they did not. They specifically did not ride in cars. When they were on land, they rode on bicycles. <laughs> yep. It's pretty funny. Purpose delightfully low tech. Oh, oh, because they were taking boats to save the environment, Michael. Oh, okay. Even though uh, one of them got a jet-powered PBR and the other one drove the boat from Miami Vice. <laughs> uh, and they went to the the location on Google Maps where it says the lake begins, and it was the dry season, so there was no lake. <laughs> it's like five miles inland from Valera is where the lake started. So they had to bike from there to wherever the water was. <laughs> so good it was good it was vintage travel stuff although you could tell they were yeah a little bit more staged but uh it was still great it was good yeah 
All right. Well, uh, I can kick I, this uh, off. What? Mm. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna say I have a good lead into this because nope. I learned. I learned a new word this week. I love words, and it is the most appropriate word that I maybe could have found for this podcast. Probably wrong, not that. Wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever heard of ludology? Uh, is this related to being a Luddite? No, it's not, actually. Oh, okay. Then no. Ludology. Uh, ludology. L-U-E? L-U-D. L-U-D. Ludology. Hmm. Well, it's, it's Lou, apparently. Why would it be Lou if there's no E? That's weird. That's another yeah, Englishism. I believe don't, you. Don't I've question just, the vagaries of English. No, no, no. I believe him. <laughs> I want to be very clear that I believe you. I just... I, I had to look it up because I would... I When I first saw it, I thought, why isn't that Ludology? That's weird. Yeah. Um, but Ludology is the study of games, the act of playing them, and the players and cultures surrounding them. The study of, as in, you could get a PhD in this? Uh, I mean, if you could find someone that offers you a a course in uh, in ludology, I would love to have done this type of stuff in school. Like, why this? This is the same thing that happened to me after I graduated from college, (laughs) and two years later, the school I went to was like, "Hey, did you want to work in games? Because now we have a degree for that." (laughs) Huh? Yep. Just a couple of years. Honestly, you probably dodged a bullet on that one. Ouch. I don't think you want to actually work in games. It's not. Okay. Is it one of those things that don't, don't, uh, do you like your family and seeing them? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say like, if you see, it's one of those, like if you work in a a butcher shop, you don't eat meat kind of things, or you really like meat. I don't know. It goes one way or the other. (laughs) Uh, That's actually very possible. A thing too. I don't know, but I I definitely have heard a lot of, uh, bad stories about, we've talked about some of them on here with, uh, is business sorry, practices I'm, per se back to, back to important stuff like words uh, ludology it, it, why is did you ludology win? related to ludo narrative dissonance is oh, that where that comes is that ludo narrative part part oh, why they chose ludology oh, oh. uh ludo narrative <laughs> dissonance is a you guys don't know what this is this is a thing google.com i can just tell you what it is ludo narrative okay. dissonance is the like the incongruity between what story the game is trying to tell you and what actions you are performing in the game. The classic example is like the Uncharted games or something where Nathan Drake in the cutscene can like barely shoot a gun to kill the one bad guy who's running away. And then 10 seconds later in the actual action of the game, there's 50 guys who are mowing down with an AK. Oh, it's like why when you are a Jedi Knight in a game, you can kill 50 stormtroopers, but then in the, yes. the cutscene, you run from two of them. Or in the cutscene, you're like, I can't kill people. I'm a good guy. But then five seconds ago, you murdered 10 people. Okay. So Ludo narrative dissonance becomes from ludology and narratology. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. There are the two halves of it. Literally the only use of that I've ever heard. (laughs) Narratology is the study of narrative and narrative structure. Okay. This does not answer where ludology comes from (laughs) and why there's no E if it's supposed to be Lu. Uh, why did you learn this Lish. word and ruin this podcast? Ruin? Uh, cause I was listening to, I was listening to a different podcast, uh, and they were, um, the, the general podcast structure had been co-opted because 
the host was on somebody else's podcast and played pieces of it, and that podcast was all about ologies. This is huh. this is too this is in, you incepted us on podcasting here, <laughs> and I can't follow it. Ologies in general, like biology, yes. apology, yep. maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> So, so video games. <laughs> that, was, that was the segue, which we managed to gracefully derail. Um, God, I mean, it was a great segue. It's fantastic. I love it. I have to say that I did some ludology because I wanted to see if a game that I played many hours of, JJ, mm-hmm. with you in a foreign mm-hmm. country, mm-hmm. can you name it? Puzzle Quest. Bam! Nailed it. All right. Just trying to think of how many games I played with you in a foreign country. It is a pretty short list. <laughs> yeah, it's literally one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, for miles and miles of Korean railway track, mm-hmm. JJ, my wife, and I played Puzzle Quest Challenge of the Warlords, which has returned as Puzzle Quest The Legend Returns. And I needed to do some ludology on whether or not it was still a good game. And uh, being away from home was a good opportunity to boot it up a little bit. Still a good game? Yo, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> what if What if all those free-to-play games were just games you paid a couple dollars for because they're on sale for 50% off and uh, they were good because there were no microtransactions? Dude, that Puzzle Quest game is really long it's also. Just, it's a lot of puzzle questing. <laughs> and... <laughs> And the AI cheats the, it, badly. Dude, it does. And I didn't notice before, like, I did not, when I played it before, I did not stare at the mechanics of how the game is playing around you. Mm-hmm. But, like, leveling does not matter. It it makes your stuff stronger. It sure does. And but. all the enemies level life right along with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and unless you have better cunning than them. Once you get high level, kind of... They're going first. You're kind of going to lose as they get every four of a kind you can imagine. Not only... Also, I think the, like... uh, So Puzzle Quest, for those who don't know, is like a match three type gem, one of those kind of things. Thank you for doing the podcast part. Uh, (laughs) And the... The the twist here is that like as you match certain ones, you're building up mana, and then you can use the mana to cast spells, or you match skulls to deal damage to your opponent, right? And then whoever loses their HP loses. It is an RPG where you play as a character that is doing the match three to do your fights. The problem is that the AI... uh, Rubber banding. Number one, yeah, rubber banding is very strong, but also it, it will never miss a, like, giant cascade match or whatever... And it will get, I swear the thing drops the colors the AI needs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100% needs, of the time. If it needs to cast a red spell and you have been doing a good job getting rid of red gems, if you yep. miss something, the whole it, screen turns red. It will cascade the screen into the <laughs> gems coming into the screen that it needs and it will auto complete them and then use them to murder you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. it's still a fun game though. Oh, no, it's ridiculously fun because you can get. And as long as you kind of know what your character is good at, like, so I'm playing a paladin, as long as you know how to make it so that you take multiple turns in a row and don't forget what spells you have, you can kind of stay ahead of the computer. It just gets harder as the game goes on. 
yeah the the like last several bosses and stuff get very cheap but also at that point your skills are so powerful you can just be like if you just leave one red match on the board, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you up your battle skills. So it's like, I matched three skulls and did half your life bar. Bang. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like, I'll turn every orange or yellow gem on the field into skulls. Good luck. It definitely <laughs> feels like an old game that I played on my iPad. It didn't feel new to me in that kind of like sense. The nostalgia was good, but not great. But it just mm-hmm. felt like a solid game that it was on sale for Lunar New Year. And so I really feel like it's a good quick addition to adding to your lineup if you want match three or whatever and you don't want to live with modern gaming and what it has become in the match three genre, especially with timers and lives and blah, 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 blah. Um, Truly a game you could just keep playing. Forever, ever, really, and they oh, so for the Switch version, they added three new classes too. Some of them are broken. <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> really broken. So you, yeah. it it sort of levels the playing field. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, there were like, I remember the Paladin and the Warrior being really good before. I don't remember that the Druid was very good, and I don't remember what the other classes were because the computer cheats so hard. The cute classes with the fun skills die. <laughs> yeah, and the paladin and the warrior are just like I like damage, and then you win. Yeah, but it holds up. I mean, it's it shows its age, but it holds up. But that's all I really had time for because being out of the house. But I I had to throw that out there in case anyone's like kind of lost on what to get for their switch or whatever. It's it's a good one, and you can finally see what the stupid skills do. <laughs> I have to say I remember this. And yes. Actually, that was a big problem. Uh when on the PSP when it came out originally, that was like an annoying problem. Yeah. With that game, the text was super tiny. And then it came to the PC later and I was like, oh my god, I can finally read what some of these skills do. <laughs> there was literally a thing where you'd be like, Well, I blinded my opponent. Don't know what blind. that does. It's probably good <laughs> yeah. to me. I don't know. Yeah. Did you know that blinding your opponent means they can't cast spells for two rounds? Oh, it's pretty good. That Isn't seems that like that silence? Yeah, I was just gonna say it seems like there'd be <laughs> no, silence. It's called but, blind know. in the game. So, but yes, you would think it would be silence, which is why you wouldn't cast the spell that says blind when you're like, oh, what could pop? What could blind possibly be in a match three game? It's not like the opponent can't match the, the things. You know what I mean? <laughs> it puts ink on the screen for the AI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good luck if he makes an illegal move. It ends his turn. Nope. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, it's it's good. It's a good update to a good game. And that's all I have to say about that. Well, Michael, did you play anything? Uh yes. So I finished up Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um the the whole series as a whole was really satisfying. Does it conclude the series? Yes. Of those games. Not yeah. like it's, Lord it of was Croft, it was a this whole story was a three game arc. And they brought it to a to a close. Satisfactorily? Yes. Um, this game, probably the two... This game on the whole, I had a lot of fun with. Um, probably the two things that I would ding it for would be that you, more than the previous two games, it felt like you were chasing a MacGuffin. Um, rather, rather than really having like a 
a, a struggle at the heart of the story. This game felt like you were chasing an object, right? And the object was what everyone was after, but it didn't really mean much. Okay. Um, and then the second thing would be that the combat was good, but it was very concentrated into small pockets in the game. So there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of collecting and exploring and, and moving the story forward. And then there were just pockets of, okay, gear up because, you know, there's going to be a fight now. Um, and it would just sort of be like waves of, of soldiers coming at you and you'd, ha- you know, hack and bow and arrow your way through them. And then it would end and you'd go back to the, the puzzling and sneaking. and Combat arena. Puzzle arena. Combat <laughs> arena. <laughs> Yeah, I think it would have been nicer if there had been a little more balance throughout. I'm not as well versed in the modern genre of the... It reminds me of the like a Nathan Drake style stuff. Mm-hmm. Where you might be a mm-hmm. little more on rails than you would hope. I don't, I don't know about those. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know if it, if it ever really feels like you're on rails... Um, you know, you definitely have, there are definitely points where it, and a lot of points where it just sort of opens up and you know what your next objective is, but you can wander off and see what's over here instead. And, you know, oh, look, I found a puzzle tomb. Um, so from, from that standpoint, it, it struck a nice balance of not making you feel like you're being herded along towards, uh, towards the next thing. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Uncharted not really like that kind of no. like yeah go okay. in, go over here into this one tomb because it's the one we built and you can go shoot some guys there and then solve an ancient puzzle. Okay, so, so. then it's not exactly open world though. This tomb raider it's, game, it's pretty close. It's not completely open world. You you will get loading screens here and there. Um, did, did that evolve over the course of the three games, or did it feel like it was more and more recycled stuff as you went on? Not no, it didn't. Recycled it didn't, puzzles it didn't. or whatever, but like recycled materials. Um, some of it do, did feel sort of like um, treading over the same ground, but mm-hmm. they did a nice job from game to game of building on the mechanics. Uh, you know, tweaking, fine tuning. Um, so that there were there were new things um, that hadn't existed in the previous games. Okay. Hmm. As a whole for the series, let's say summer sale, winter sale, all three games get pa- packaged together for thirty dollars. Somebody should pick that up, or oh, absolutely. Um, and and part of it is because in the most recent game, they really did a better job of crafting integrated DLC. Um, and so when I bought it, it was about a year later, I guess. Um, but they had all of the DLC as a package with the original game for some crazy steep discount. Mm-hmm. So I got the the whole set. And the DLC for this is built in such a way that it's you just stumble across entrances to new tombs as part of the the general landscape of the game. So if you don't have the DLC, the the entrance will be just like a boarded up door that you can't get through. 
and you might not even notice it. But when you have the DLC, you talk to the right person and suddenly that door is open and you can now go and explore what's behind it and you have new objectives related to the DLC. How would that have uh, worked does, if you had bought the game new and then waited for that though? You So the way that the games work, um, well, there I guess there are two ways. One, there's a new game plus, but two, you can fast travel to any location throughout the game. Okay. So you rest, you know, there are, there are three or four different main locations throughout the game and scattered throughout each one of them. There are campsites that you can rest at, you know, general, general campsite stuff. You can do crafting, you can upgrade your skills. Um, but it also lets you, there's a fast travel system. So you can go back to any other campsite that you've been at. Interesting. Yep. That's so if you had, if you had, yeah, if you had played through the game, once you could either start a new game plus or you could load your game and it would drop you back right before the the last you know final uh final checkpoint and you could go back and do other things so it drops icons on your maps and says hey there's a a DLC NPC in this location that you should talk to very cool um, yeah on the whole the the entire series is definitely worth the time so if you see them bundled, I would highly recommend them. Well, I also played some video games. No. Uh, yep. <laughs> Hard to believe, I know. Um, but we're I'm here to say on this podcast <laughs> I played video games. It's really refreshing uh, after having yelled about Star Wars for two episodes. <laughs> Honestly. Yes. I have I have follow up comments about Star know. Wars podcasts. <laughs> for uh, a later date. For a later date. Uh, I actually finished multiple games since we last talked about games. This how it feels like a year ago. Has it, I was going to say, has it been months? It might Maybe. have been last year. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so I can say that uh, I have completed Shovel Knight King of Cards and now all of the four main Shovel Knight games. And that's great. People because buy that. Shovel Knight is one game that is five games. So Shovel Knight Treasure Trove is one game that is five games. Right. Okay. Uh, the original campaign of Shovel Knight, when it was only one thing, was just called Shovel Knight. And then that is now called Shovel Knight Shovel of Hope, I think. And then the other ones have various other subtitles, Shovel Knight, colon, whatever. Um, that game is great. People should play it. Uh, it's really good. The card game in it is hard, but fun. As a card battler... Well, if you were to put it up against uh, Thronebreaker or Hearthstone or Slay the Spire, so where do you land in terms of style slash hardness, not ooh, so because ooh, difficulty, not the word hardness. So because it is a card battler thing on the side and like a platforming game, also uh, necessarily the card stuff is kind of like there, but you don't have to engage with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of like the funness of the game or whatever, it's not as detailed as something like, uh, like Hearthstone or Slay the Spire. Um, or it's probably in terms of mechanics or something by the end of the game, kind of equivalent to what you get in Thronebreaker, but Thronebreaker has a lot more total card game. Yeah. Cause they were pulling across from a different game and it's a long, it's a longer campaign and stuff than this you know, fourth piece of DLC for a game that came out, God knows, you know, <laughs> right. four years ago or whatever. <laughs> that they um, update for free all the time, apparently. 
Uh, this is the end of the updates. They have now said all of this is, this makes, is done. That makes sense. So, um, people should buy that game. It's good. Even if it's like $30 or whatever, you get five games. So, it's a pretty good deal. Uh, after completing that, a uh, wonderful member of this podcast gifted me a extremely silly game hmm. uh, that I was excited about <laughs> uh, because it's dumb. Merry and, Christmas. And I like some things that are dumb sometimes. Uh, and I played Metal Wolf Chaos XD. Yeah. Were uh, you the president? Uh, you are the president in this game. Uh, and there is a coup d'etat led by the vice president uh, named Richard Hawk against you, the president. Uh, and he takes over all of America <laughs> and with the military somehow. And they don't really talk about it, but there's like a bunch of super weapons and stuff. And anyway, bro, you, you left out that most of this game is mechs. Oh, uh, you are the president in a giant mech. And your job is to uh, shoot your way back from west to east and take back America. <laughs> it has... Uh, this is a game that came out in Japan on the original Xbox and then was never released in America for some reason? It was... It's, it's an amazing discovery of what Japan thought <laughs> the US was like. It, it came out in like 2004 or something and is... All the cutscenes, there's English voice acting. Uh, the g entire game was almost completely in English on release and they just didn't bring it over to America. Uh, it is a, like, if a B, if you could personify a B movie in a video game. <laughs> it, but it's a <laughs> masterpiece of a B movie. Like, it's so dumb. Iron Sky level. Good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, multiple times you hear the president yell, Richard! In, like, the worst voice actor, like, quote possible. All the missions are, you're getting briefed by your, like, uh, pilot slash secretary on Air Force One or whatever. You know, you're telling her to hold all your calls and stuff. And then also, like, I have to go save Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> and she's like, this mission goes by the call name, Take Back the Wild West. It's like, <laughs> all the good luck and Godspeed, Mr. President. Like, it's so unbelievably silly. How uh, long is it? Not that long. Okay. Uh, it is a relatively short game. Uh, there's maybe like 10 or 12 or 15 missions or something like that. So not a ton. Like an ace uh, combat but, game then. Yeah, yeah. I, I would compare it to that. And there's a lot of like uh, different weapons and stuff you can equip your mech with. And there's like a new game plus mode. The stuff gets harder. And there's like multiple difficulties and stuff. Okay. You're meant to kind of go through all that. Uh, but the game doesn't get like different it just gets harder you know? i like that it was silly and good enough that you finished it uh it you know what's fun <laughs> just having like <laughs> really really big multi-linked machine guns that just like shoot so many bullets <laughs> <laughs> this game is good about letting you like basically anything that looks like you can shoot at it and blow it up you probably can i wish that was a good strategy in BattleTech. It's not a good strategy in this game, but it's fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's not a bad strategy, but it is a. It's not like you will run out of ammo, and that's going to be a problem eventually. Oh. Uh, but early on, they drop enough ammo stuff that like who cares? You just keep picking it up and keep shooting. It's fun. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I really enjoyed that game. Uh, th there's also like it, basically your mech has like backpacks on the left and right side, and you can kind of like 
pick your loadout, how many different guns you can cram in there. And it's like you can fit like a bazooka. Instead of like a slot system instead of just like a simple swapping thing. Yeah, it's like six slots on each side. And some weapons will take up the same slot on both sides. So if you want to have like the rail gun or a multi-missile launcher, you know, those like swarm missiles. That's like Mm -hmm. super complicated for a game from 2004. (laughs) If you want those, they take up a slot on each side. So it's like one rail gun is both slots at that level. Really? Versus like a machine gun is just like, we could put four machine guns on this side and four machine guns on the other side. Yeah. You just have a lot of machine guns. Do it. They can, and it's not like they share ammo. It's each one individually has its own ammo. So you can get a lot of ammo that way. <laughs> this is this was my strategy for playing Metal Gear. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, th- that game was a ton of fun. The voice acting is really terrible. Uh, people, if you don't think you want to play it, you probably should go watch a YouTube video at least of how dumb the cutscenes are. Uh, there is a mission near the end of the game. This isn't really a spoiler because like you know you're trying to take back the White House so of course they have to have a fight at the White House. Uh, right, the sure. Vice, the Vice President has armored the White House with a bunch of like military hardware and stuff. Excellent. And has called it the Fight House now. And I it has missile launchers and guns on the front of it. I think I think that <laughs> just cemented the the vision of a movie adaptation that's running through my head, starring Terry Crews. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. And, and the and the the game's avatar for the president is this like really like very slightly off-brand Bill Paxton <laughs> <laughs> from like Independence Day looking kind of guy. Yeah. R.I.P. Bill Paxton. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's a good, it's a good dumb game. I enjoyed it very much. It's just like gleeful in like how much stuff you're just going to blow up all the time. Uh, and that's not a lot of games like that anymore. And it's fun. Yeah. Everything has to be too serious. They, they have to like, you know, have a point to you blowing stuff up other than just like, cause it's fun to blow stuff up. I think it's just amazing that a game that's widely regarded as a joke overall and, and it has like a slot system for your guns. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I will not lie, the control's not great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try to have computer or? Uh, yeah, I played it on PC uh, and it is, uh, I used a, a controller because I don't know, the controls would be awkward on a PC. Uh, it's a, you know, left stick move, right stick uh, aim kind of thing. We live, a con- we live in a controller world, man. I, I'm yeah. starting to see and uh, there's no way. You know, like a lot of the PC controls just don't make sense anymore. So here's the part where it's bad. You would think like there would just be a button dedicated to like switch guns or whatever. No, to switch guns, you press uh, the B button on an Xbox controller or like a circle on a PlayStation controller. And that opens your backpacks. And then you can use the triggers to move which gun slot you have selected on each side. So left trigger moves the left side and right trigger moves the right side. And you hit B again. And then that picks the guns you have selected and then the triggers will shoot wow not a great system <laughs> that's that's some, that's some hoops it's not a great system wow uh, i'm sure that goes well in the middle of combat no it doesn't uh <laughs> thankfully uh your sh- your mech is relatively survivable and there are lots of like health drops all the time so you can and you know when your machine guns have four thousand bullets you can not worry about that too much that <laughs> Nice. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and in the exact opposite end of the spectrum from this, I also finished Disco Elysium. 
Oh, okay, so cool. We, nice. That what we your... did talk about that game this year, so we have talked about yeah. games this year. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did. I, I definitely talked about that. I was playing it and and loving it, uh, and I got to the end of that. Uh, you know, another fine podcast person uh, gave that one to me as well, and <laughs> it is a uh, man. Do you guys like politics? <laughs> I was going to ask how how did your text adventure conclude? I heard some that the game goes some places. Uh, it goes a lot of places. Uh, people, if you want to know what is up with this game, I don't know that I can tell you anything that will convince you. Go watch like the their trailers and stuff, and if you're just intrigued by the idea, and you're okay with reading a lot, <laughs> you can just you just play it. Did it uh, change because you were a communist? I mean. What do you mean by change? So the the thing in this game is uh, the yeah we talked about it a little bit before, right? Where the, you have this like idea of the thought cabinet and all these things that kind of are like you know ideas percolating in your head, and you kind of have all these different facets of your personality who will talk to you and you know kind of argue with each other and talk among themselves during your conversations. Um, the fact that I was playing as a communist in this world, there was a big communist revolution and then it was kind of put down. And so the communists are kind of like looked down upon. Uh, and there's a whole like, you know, labor dispute thing at the heart of it. So communism kind of comes up because labor, uh, is, <laughs> the most, I mean, the most, <laughs> I mean, linear not, explanation. I, I, this, this story goes some places. I know. I know. I'm <laughs> laughing it, it, because <laughs> it turns out that the, the, uh, so like, I don't think that what character you play as has that big of an effect. Okay. On I was wondering because effect, it's so uh, integrated. Like who the story or where the story that the game is telling is going to go. Now, what happens in the end and how the things play out or whatever, that stuff is undoubtedly going to be affected. Yeah. Based on choices you've made and things you've said and whatever. But I don't know that like, Hey, the the ultimate killer is still going to be the killer, right? Okay, you know, you're investigating point. a murder sure. and stuff, so it's not like once you know who the murderer is, like you can't, you know, you you can't influence that because the murder happens before the game even starts. So, well, and you can't write a game that has multiple killers; it just doesn't work. Especially if it's not meant to be a big mystery, right? It's going to be tough <laughs> to tell multiple mysteries. Um, yeah. There are some like super cool, really interesting scenes in this game, and I think it is. I'm like I'm torn about if I want to like try and describe how one of them plays out to you guys, or if it's too bad of a spoiler. If people wouldn't mind, I don't know. Do Do you guys want to hear one that I think is really cool, or if or should we kind of just like move on? I'm gonna leave it up to Michael. Uh, I'm I'm down to hear one, but maybe we throw out a spoiler warning for the people who want to skip ahead. Disco Elysium, nineteen ninety nine. What year did that game come? Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Uh, spoiler warning for <laughs> some for part like a, a, of a relative a relatively important part. I will say, uh, there is a character who you meet very early on in the game. Uh, she's staying at the same hostel that you, the policemen, are staying at. And it turns out that she is involved in this murder uh, in a way that is, you know, you means you need to go interview her. Uh, because, you know, that's what, that's what cops do, right? You're the detective. You have to go interview people and find out what's going on. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, throughout the game, you know, you always have these little, your little thoughts per- 
perking up telling you, oh, you, you know, my sense of logic is telling me this person's logical argument doesn't make any sense. And Fair. my sense of drama is telling me this person is overacting and trying to lie to me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, my, my sense of like conceptualization understands the idea this guy is going for, but I it doesn't really that make that any sense. And, gives you all these things. And if you go too hard, you get like hyper aware of things that you shouldn't be aware of. Uh, your sense of perception gets really high at certain points because you, uh, you, there's a bunch of easy ways to make it get really high. And you'll just be like walking around and you'll like notice the sunlight filtering through the trees. And then you'll notice like, oh, hey, like there's a bird over there. And it's like not related to anything. It's just like you have really high perception so you could see everything. <laughs> um, uh, so you're interviewing this woman and, you know, your sense of drama is like, oh, she seems to be like kind of on the level here. She's not really overacting. Like this seems believable. Your logic is like, hey, this seems like, you know, she her point is following with the story that we know is set up this way. And your sense of volition comes in and it's like, hey, something is wrong here. What's going this is hmm. I don't something's going on here. This this seems wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh and there's like little dice roll checks for a lot of these that are happening in the background. You don't really see. They're all just kind of based on your stats and like what's going on. So you can get different outcomes in this like conversation. And you know, my volition was relatively high, uh, and my perception was pretty high. And you start noticing like your volition keeps piping up after everyone's like, nah, this seems fine. Like this fits the story. Okay. So like, we're kind of learning this is going to be the way this is going to go. And the sense of volition keeps popping up with like, ah, something seems wrong here. What I don't, Hmm. I'm not really sure that I trust this person. And <laughs> it's the only one that doesn't, that is, it's the only one of your thoughts that is kind of like not going along with this. Huh? And eventually it just pipes up and says, Hey man, uh, there's a big ch- there's a check you can do right to like figure out what's going on here and if you pass it the volition's like i know what's going on here you can't trust any of these other guys your logic your reason all this stuff is right out the window you're in love with this chick uh, oh, all your emotions are lying to you uh, that uh, drama is she's acting completely shady this argument makes no sense with what we know about the case this is total bs and you need to listen to me <laughs> and it's like oh dang all of my senses could have been lying to me this whole time <laughs> the whole game and you were you were relying on them yeah and it, it was just all of a sudden like oh man like such a cool moment um and you know your partner uh kim is also really rad in this game and he has a bunch of you know he kind of keeps to himself but uh he has his own opinions about things and you know he'll sort of be like you know i think that we you know if if you're like trying to let the woman go right at some point you know because like you <laughs> you like this girl and you're trying to let her go he's like uh he'll like take you aside and be like look we need to arrest her right now. <laughs> uh, and, you know, then you have to, like, pass a check to be like, am I willing to do this? Uh, and anyway, I won't tell you how it plays out, but it is a super cool scene and, like, really, really one of the great parts of that game. And, I like, if that sounds interesting to you, there's so much more weird and cool stuff that happens in this game. Perfect. Awesome. Right on. There are holes in the world and like, no, oh, man, good. all this nope. stuff. Nope, don't do it. <laughs> so, uh, we need okay. another spoiler warning if we get further than that. <laughs> spoiler warning over. Okay. <sighs> it was good to play some video games. It was good to play some video games. I have a I have a weird one for next time, but this is a longer story. 
<laughs> than we have time for. Uh, if you happened to listen to our past episodes about Star Wars, there are two of them in a row, one of which has a guest star, a.k.a. Ken, and have any comments about those. Or you want to talk about Disco Elysium with JJ, and he will answer your questions about why your volition wasn't high enough for you to understand the thing that happened in the spoiler warning. I saved that. <laughs> Woo! That was close. Nice. <laughs> Almost spoilered it again. Anyway, where should you contact us? You could do that at our email address, which is podcast at weweregamers.com. There's also a uh, very good way to leave us reviews on the various podcasting channels. We're on Spotify now. We're on YouTube. Search for We Were Gamers on there. We're all at We Were Gamers on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and we will read all of those channels as well. Do us a favor and go on the YouTube. Click the little subscribe button so that we can do the fun thing and make it youtube.com slash we were gamers. We have to have the subs to do that. They don't let we us do it without the subs. So we need a hundred. We have four. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter how many we have. We have don't, some number, but it's not Don't many. date the podcast. We have, we have more people than just the three of us. Yay. <laughs> and if you want to on that YouTube or in other places, you can look for our sub pod about Star Trek that Picard show has started. And you can be sure the next subpod of this podcast called Subspace Transmissions will deal with the future of said character and what we oh, thought yes. about it. We will have watched uh, three or so episodes probably by the time that one comes out. I hope so. Something like that. Yeah. Three would be a good number because the first one... Lord Dump. <laughs> yeah. It was literally just like... I'm going to catch you up on everything right now. Yeah. <laughs> just keep your eyes open or you'll miss something. I just, I just want to know, is number one a good boy? You know, JJ Pets. got his wish on number one. <laughs> Pets are received, but, you know, yes, I did get my wish, so yeah. I'm happy. Number one is seen and not heard. All right. Now, he has, like, a small role to play, and he is, he's there. For it. And then movie magic happens, I guess. Mm -hmm, I don't... You know. The the plot keeps going. Yeah. He's not a big part of it. I don't want to ruin that for people, but they shouldn't They shouldn't go into it expecting it's going to be the good doggo show. <laughs> this is not Marley and me. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, hold on. I gotta <laughs> step back here. Nothing bad happens to the dog in the first episode. <laughs> it makes it right. Sorry, Marley and me is a bad comparison. Yeah. I just realized what you said, and I had to go back. Sorry, yes. JJ, JJ meant to say old yeller. Oh, no, hold on. No, hold on. Michael, Time wait. Out. Time out. <laughs> no, there no, are no. no phasers in dogs. We have to... Oh, man. What are you guys doing to our podcast? Hey, Mario Maker 2's on sale for $10 off. Is that a good deal? Mario Maker 2's a good game. You can play as Link in that game.